the newborn in a garden Bobby Flay Rachel Deep in the heart of Rochester, New York, hunger's a duo wielding jokes armed with force. Nothing but the finest cuisine in the Empire State. Napkins down, pinkies out, enjoy a garbage plate. You've heard the others, now here's the best. A great A cut up apple rest. The funniest foodie friends you will ever find. But don't get it twisted. Their taste is refined. Refined taste. Hello and welcome to another episode of Refined Taste with Dario and Chris. I'm Dario. I'm Chris. Hey Chris, how are you man? I'm doing great. I've got my drinking tracksuit on. <laughs> Uh, this is a dark burgundy. Describe what you're wearing, Chris, just, for the the people that are not looking at you right now. <laughs> I am I am wearing an actively black tracksuit. It is uh, dark burgundy, much like the wine I am tasting. Mm. So just in case I fall, uh, nobody will notice. That's right. That's like the the brown pants joke. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Except wine. <laughs> got it. Because I don't it. shit my pants. Uh, <laughs> wow, uh, really hit that right on the nose there, Chris. Right on the nose. That's right. I was just kind of alluding to it. But, I mean, <laughs> look, this 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 podcast is for mature audiences only. So. That's true. Actually, uh, kids like poop, so you know they. I mean, yeah, I don't, they They're don't like obsessed. wine though, and that's what we're talking about today. Wait, they don't? They like. Like grape juice, apple juice. Yeah, that's apple like juice. that's kids' wine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Your your wife is drinking maternity wine right now. It's, you know, it's grape juice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to the Concord grape. Thanks to the Concord grape. How dare you talk about my wife and what she's drinking? <laughs> she's been drinking straight liquor the whole pregnancy. So <laughs> we're just rolling the dice. All right. Edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're having fun, man. Uh, we have some great guests today. Uh, I'm so excited to be uh, joined by them today. Please welcome to the show Sydney Bell and Maya Johnson Dunn. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we had sound effects. Hit it. Yeah, there it is yeah. again. <laughs> we have a huge audience. Welcome mm-hmm. to the show, Sydney and Maya. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah, definitely. It's so great to have you. Uh, I see Sydney all over the Sydney, all over the, all over the, the Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Name all it over after the city. Me. Yeah, <laughs> we're both like Rochester people, right? I, I guess it's okay to say that, right? I mean, we're out and about. I see Stromy all over the place too. Mm-hmm. 
Mostly yeah, I can't at, help myself. Yeah, yeah. The Little Theater. Uh, and Fox's Deli, I mm. ran into you. Um, I got to keep a lower profile, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the sharpness of your hairline. Is that it's, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so sharp that you stand out in a crowd. Mm. Everybody knows you're Too there. Too tight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And then Maya, um, I think I've probably seen you since then, but we were judges, right? At yeah. the, the cocktail mm-hmm. throwdown. Yeah. 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 Uh, was that a couple of years ago? That right? was 20. Was it 2021 or 2020? 21, I think. 21? I think yeah. it was 21. Yeah. Because was. like shit was a little weird still. Right. Yeah. yeah. Things were weird. And the room was full and I was like, is this okay? This is, we are yeah. afraid. <laughs> yeah. No, it was Our back that, was to yeah. the exit. I didn't like that. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> It was that period where, like, yeah, things were uncertain and things got mm-hmm. packed and rowdy in there. Yeah, and we were, sure weren't did. used to that. Yeah, no. right. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, times were rowdy. Everybody was wearing wigs, yes. and it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were judges. And we, we were took judges, it very literally. And, yeah, yeah. We did. it was great. Though. We had gavels. Yes, we had I think gavels. I sang along to Pharaoh Monch as a judge does. Yes, I remember that. Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, and then we learned that we could just like spit the drink out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When we had a couple of cocktails, it's like kind of all that fear mm-hmm. kind of melted away a little bit. <laughs> that yeah. dead heat that went on for like two hours. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and Ralph Datucci, right? Uh, ah, Ralph. Yeah. Ralph. Shout yeah, out to Ralph. Shout out to Ralph and Grace and Disgrace. Yeah. Um, yeah, what they're doing over there is awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good crew. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was ridiculous. That was a good time. <laughs> um, so what have you been up to since, Maya? Have you been busy? Oh, too busy. Too busy. But all good things, yeah. yeah. Writing, working at New York Kitchen, and just trying to spread the good word about New York wine. Yeah. What is your Love role it. over at New York Kitchen? So I'm the beverage education manager over there. So I oversee all of the wine, uh, beer, and spirits education that we do, which is not a bad way to spend a day. Um, and then we also do, you know, consumer classes. Like we did a wine watercolor art class on Saturday before I taught a class about black wine. So just trying oh, to keep it interesting this. and different over there. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And Sydney, um, you guys, you've come together for a class over at uh, New York Kitchen. Is that correct? We have, and that was all Maya's brainchild. And I do DEI work in the area, so diversity, equity, inclusion work in the Rochester area. And Maya, in all her wisdom, um, was thinking about different ways to kind of bring DEI into the beverage space and into kind of the um, hospitality space in a unique way, I think. And so kind of tagged me in to have that conversation. And so how many have we done now? Probably this will be our third, I think. Third or fourth. Yeah. With this one being the full series. Yes. Is that, there's a class coming up? So we just had our first, uh, session on Wednesday this past week, Oh, okay. uh, the 21st of February. Um, we initially, the classes were sort of one off. You could buy a ticket and just come. And we've changed into a cohort model where there's mm-hmm. a three class series and everybody's got to come and each, uh, business has to bring at least two people so that you can have two mindsets going back and making some real change in the business after. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That is very cool. So we want to get want to kind of dive deeper into that so uh for the unanointed we're talking diversity equity and inclusion dei um how does that you know how does that relate to wine sydney yeah so i was thinking about this a lot because in my mind dei lives over everything it's kind of like the umbrella that we live under and so anything you do 
whether whatever industry you're in, anything that you're thinking about, there is a component of it that can be more equitable and more inclusive. And so the way that fits into wine is in a lot of really interesting ways because the industry itself offers like front of house, back office kind of energy. So like corporate a little bit, but then also in the way that you hire people and the way that you kind of do um, the I'm going to say collecting of the grapes. I, I, sure. I my language isn't harvest. like my harvest. Yeah. harvest nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> collecting sounds great. Collect- <laughs> <laughs> but there's, so I learned a lot in our first session because we're in a group with a lot of winemakers, but also like marketing folks and owners and things like that. So I'm doing a lot of learning myself. Um, but the concepts really ma- remain consistent. I think throughout all of what we think about. So like bias shows up, privilege shows up, inclusive environments shows up. And it's just in the way that it shows up in each industry that makes it really exciting to talk about and think a little bit deeper on. And so it's been a really fun partnership with Maya to teach me kind of where those different concepts can show up and then how we can speak to people about them and how they can make those those different concepts come to life, like depending on where they live within the industry. That's awesome. Yeah. So Maya, when you reached out to Sydney, what, what, would, what did you envision the class to be? Well, first, I feel like I can't take all the credit. The idea was um, my husband's actually, and in just trying to make a better industry, I feel like we're always brainstorming over lots of wine on how to do that. And he said, why don't you have a class called DI Over Wine? Teach it with Sid. Great idea. Um, And I reached out to her just thinking maybe we could do a couple one-off classes and make it more almost consumer-facing, if you will. Um, But Sid has brought just so much smart thinking and evolution to the program that we're able to offer it now to businesses. And, you know, in many ways, it feels like a viable business plan for the future. Whether or not it goes through, I'm not sure. But I think that you're helping us impact real change for wineries in a way that they're like literally verbalizing that they're seeking and making change within their businesses. Sydney made it legit then. Sure did. Partnership all the way. (laughs) All the way. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. That's cool. So we're talking, um, you know, these are local wineries, New York State wineries that are attending these. Yeah, we have uh, we have 33 people in cohort one. Uh, 14 wineries have all sent between two and three people. And then we've got two winery adjacent folks in New York Kitchen sending three and um, Cornell University sending two, which is pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that's that's great involvement from all different channels, you know. It's better than I thought. I was nervous because everybody says they want to learn about DEI and then the time comes and they're like, that's, a, that's too much That's work. a lot, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. and that's what like we talked about is one of the things when we were doing the one-off sessions, it was great and we got people that were really interested in learning about how do they bring like allyship practices into their work while tasting wines that were doing that really well from, from wherever they were coming from. And then when we talked about it more, I have this thing around like the responsibility to do this work right. And in my mind, that means that there is a a commitment to it in some way. And so Maya was really receptive to us thinking about like, okay, what if we made the commitment like with one group over a period of time so they can really take something tangible with them into their their work environments when they go back to like wherever their home base is. Right. Um, and so that's where it kind of like evolved into that next step that I think has been working really well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do you think it's kind of a template that you could probably apply to other similar businesses? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think the the thing that makes it really special is that Maya has such a deep knowledge and like great research practices around finding places that are doing this, right? So this isn't 
something that no one is doing, but it's not being elevated, I think, in the way that it could be, especially around the national conversation around DEI and where it lives in different industries. And so bringing to the table these these companies that are doing this really well and also know that they have still more work to do, I think, is what puts that different edge on it. But I think that a lot of industries could probably bring that to their own organizations of like who is doing this really well and not replicating it to a T, but saying, who are we, who are they, and how can we kind of learn and adapt from there? Okay. Yeah. Could you give us maybe like one example of like something that, you know, you've applied DEI to within the wine industry uh, and that that you've kind of pushed out to these, you know, this cohort that you've brought on? Hmm. Um, we so the goal with this cohort, you know, Sid will Sid will line up a DEI concept, and then I'll follow it with an actual example of a winery or you know some sort of business doing the good work. Um, we have a number of people in the cohort who are looking to be able to make code of conducts for themselves to write a you know inclusivity statement. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily brand new or crazy work, but it's definitely important work that nobody's thought about doing. Um, so that's the that's sort of a low-hanging fruit, I would say, with this group. I think the bigger goal is seeing it beyond just those paper statements and moving into actual action. There's one winery in the room who's already doing this work. They, they've already had a code of conduct. They've already got their inclusivity statement. And now they're doing the work of going out into the community and proving that they're here for them. And so I'm hoping to see more of that active action and not just allyship, but like being a true accomplice start to happen within yeah. the industry. Yeah, definitely. How how do you separate those how do you separate those terms in practical usage of like difference between like basically taking action and talking about taking action? Mm. Oof. I, I don't know how I separate them totally and I might need to lean on you for that, Sid. But I feel I, I do feel like whenever I tell somebody they need to be an accomplice, there's just like a quick wave of panic across their face <laughs> at the idea of that, you know, yeah. more so than being an ally just means I could rub your back and that's okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's like the standing side by side with people that are really fighting for change and see, wanting to be seen. And how do you really stand side by side with those folks and make sure that that's happening without overpowering voice and without appropriating anything about someone's culture or their way of being and living. And it's how do you then amplify that and, and, and in some ways really put yourself at risk to some some degree because it's not even just like physical risk, but it's also like you stand to lose business by being an accomplice a lot of times. And so we're, we're very clear, I think, in the room of if you want to do this, it really takes that extra step of commitment. And then we kind of break down what that looks like by either examples of people who have done it or for us, what we think what would help us in the room or help each of us individually make sure our voices are heard as customers, as educators and things like that. And so I think that's where that action really becomes a little bit more tenuous is when people are like, oh, it requires me to be in a lot of times really uncomfortable and really willing to kind of like put something on the line that we are historically taught not to put on the line. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. in terms of like how we engage our customers, how we engage other business owners is to usually kind of like continuously play nice to our own detriment to some degree. And so there's a real encouragement to say like, if you push on it, there are other people who will push on it with you and you can be an example that other people can follow. And there will be people that will, even if they're not always like directly around you, 
proximity wise, they are there in other ways that we can encourage them to participate as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, I think there's different steps to what it is, right? And it's kind of first education, right? And there's probably businesses and people within that that understand what DEI is, then kind of changing, you know, your way of thinking, right? With when you, once you understand what it is, and then putting that into action, right? Um, it's it's difficult, that's for sure. Yeah, can be. Yeah. Well, it also surprises me. Some like we, I went to a couple of meetings for different wine industry things and was talking about this work, and several people came up to me and said, "What does DEI mean?" And I was like, "What?" But I have to check myself because mm-hmm. not everybody's living in the reality that I'm living in. Right. Well, that's why I had to break it down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's all about education. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that the first and foremost is bringing that out and letting people know uh, and it, what it really encompasses. Because I think there's stigma attached, and I'm sure, Sydney, you deal with this. And, you know, within my own company, I, I'm part of uh, DEI and co-chair and whatever. But um, it, it's just fighting that and educating and making sure that people know that it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not think it does, and it does, you right. know. Absolutely. So uh, we want everybody at the table. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, have you met – well, maybe you haven't met any, like, friction, you know, even mentioning DEI. Because now that it's somewhat a common term, uh, it's already been – you know, taken and demonized by some people as something that's there, you know, something's going to be taken away from you as opposed to, you know, what it actually is, even though inclusion is right in the name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and I want to be kind to my wine industry friends, but Mm -hmm. I think it sometimes aligns with the idea that like, we don't even acknowledge who was on the land before us. Right. There's just a lot of like, I bought this land fair and square and it's like, that's cool, but before that was like yeah, a whole, was there was there? a whole life here that happened before us. We don't acknowledge these things, and so I think there's just this tradition of ignoring, and that's kind of you know where the friction comes in because now we're mm-hmm. forcing people to have to think about things that otherwise, like you were saying, to our detriment, we ignore because that's more comfortable. Well, I mean, you look at the names of the lakes, and if you take a half a second and think about <laughs> it, literally, like we're we're sitting in. East Arundacoit right now, yes. right? Yes. And yeah. we're talking about Cayuga Lake and right. Seneca Lake, and if we mm-hmm. take a half second to look at that, it's really obvious what has happened. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's like those memes that were going around Instagram for a while. That was like, no, we don't need DEI, and yet every everything is named after somebody that was here before us, you mm-hmm. know, especially in New York upstate. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Mike, can you tell me about you know your personal journey? You know, like. Tell me about your your background in wine and like where you came from and how you fell in love with this industry. Uh, it's all um, wrapped up in falling in love with my husband, which sounds like extra romantic and whatever, but you know, <laughs> super romantic. It, I mean, it is. Is your husband <laughs> a <laughs> bottle of wine? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's Josh. Secret is he Josh? Josh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Secret Josh. Exactly. Under the Arundaquite sun. <laughs> So shout out, shout out to Maya's husband. Shout out to Andy. <laughs> hey, Andy. He's really right. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> He's Josh now. Everyone is Josh. Everyone's Josh. <laughs> I have to give him a heads up before this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spring it on him for the anniversary. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. But, um, Sorry. Go ahead. I, uh, <laughs> we met randomly um, at a wedding in Cabo, Mexico. and I never um, thought I would see this person again. And then after a little bit of long distance dating and back and forth, I finally made my way up to visit him. And he was living in Rochester. He took me to Cuca Lake and just it like took my breath away it was peak foliage and like late september and, and then we went to wineries and i was from massachusetts i'd never seen a winery before um and so it just it blew me away i couldn't get enough of it it was a total trap because now i live here um <laughs> yeah. So, yeah you got him josh yeah. <laughs> sure <did. laughs> uh. so um i would come up to visit him and uh would, we would go to wineries and i started writing about wine in an instagram account called chasing greatness it was a way for me to kind of take what i'm tasting and bring it out through my fingers because that's basically for me to learn as a writer um, and I was just doing that for fun. And then people started sending me wine. So then the dynamic changed. Um, and then one winery wanted to send me some wine. And I knew for a fact that they wanted to send me um, sort of a lower level, more entry point wine than they were sending other people that I was Instagram friends mm. with in the wine sphere. And I mm -hmm. just wasn't feeling it. And the day that they were kind of pushing me to accept this wine was um, uh, the Blackout Tuesday on Instagram after uh -huh. George Floyd's um, murder. So... I just shut it all down and wrote up something about my experience in the wine industry on my personal Instagram account. And it went a little bit viral in Rochester and that turned into doing a couple pairing dinners first at Avino and then at the historic German house with Chris Grocky. And thanks to him really for sharing the post, it, it you know, circulated around like the Psalm sphere and the wine industry sphere. And, um, you know, from that moment, I was kind of like needing to do more and yeah. not really sure what that looked like. But I was eager to create some sort of opportunity to have this kind of dialogue, because mm -hmm. if I'm feeling this way, I know that I'm not the only one that's trying to run up to the Finger Lakes from Rochester and just have a good time and feeling bad when you walk into a place and nobody acknowledges you. So we're not going to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. You're you're a disruptor. <laughs> which makes me so uncomfortable no, in the best way possible that's we need those you yeah. know like yeah. we need that in every industry it's like mm -hmm. we got to upset what's you know what has always been right? right and it's because that's where dei comes into play it's just like let's look at it through this lens you know let's make sure that everyone is involved and also equally and you know right. like it right. it does make sense and i'm glad you did that you know and I, you. I think you know 2020 i know chris was out in the front lines getting tear yeah. gassed and yeah really but, brought a tear to my eyes <laughs> yes it did Just literally it did. <laughs> that gas will do it right yeah. but um <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, firsthand, mm -hmm. you know, that like it, just all these events of that year kind of changed, you know, it, mm -hmm. it just really pushed us to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started the podcast, too, because it was like we want to do something uh, that's including everyone that's, uh, you know, providing a platform for unrepresented people. Absolutely. So uh, it's great. I'm glad you did that. And I'm glad you're with us tonight. Thank yeah. you. Um you brought Sydney on, right? And Sydney, uh, you go by Sid. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I should have started with it's that. It's like bothering you that I'm saying Sydney. And it's yes. so funny because that's uh, a recent shift, yeah. too. I feel like Sid is like, I'm just like, it's just more comfortable. Yeah. Like everybody's my friend. So I just mm, act like everybody's nice. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're your friend, right? Yeah, you, uh, you yeah. guys are my friends. Yes, all yeah. of you we are my friends. all the time. Like, she did not say you Jeez, were. <laughs> didn't feel like it, right? You're like, I just act like, yeah. you know. <laughs> just this persona I like, put okay, on. Okay, cool. Next time I see you in Fox. 
Texas. <laughs> See what happens. Know. Call me Sydney or Sid, depending on your comfort mm-hmm. zone. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going with Sydney. Not, not. Yeah. Um, so your background in DEI, how did that start? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so years ago, probably, I worked um, at a higher ed institution in fundraising um, starting in 2014. I believe. And I was there until early 2020, right before pandemic, actually, like kind of before we were all kind of sent home. And in that time, I had a moment where there is a woman who I'll never forget, who is just, she is like a light for me all the time. And her name is Dr. Lisa Durant Jones. And there was a staff kind of um, affinity group for people of color. And she reached out to me and she was like, do you want to be part of this affinity group? And I was like, me? And so for people who don't know me and obviously can't see me here, I'm a mixed race woman. I'm a light skinned uh, mixed race woman. And that just was never part of how I was identified by other people, identified myself ever. Um, I, you know, I literally checked the boxes, but it wasn't part of the conversation usually. And so for her to see me and include me actively in that space was just something super special, like super special. I grew up around here in a very white environment even with uh, in a mixed race family, it was I was surrounded by a lot of whiteness. And so to be seen in that way, be like called in literally to a room to participate and have my voice heard in, in this body with this identity was just kind of a game changer. And so from there, I got a little bit more involved in that affinity group and then got involved in a couple other things and, and kind of changed the way that I thought about the work that I was doing and wanted to focus a little bit more internal and what employees need to feel good in their work environment and what right. they needed to feel like they were heard and, and they had mm. that sense of belonging. And so I got a master's degree in uh, human resource development with the intention of wanting to do training because I was like, everything kind of starts in my mind, was some kind of an education, whether formal or informal. And so I was able to move roles and go to um, a place that I was working in training and development um, and eventually kind of made my way formally to a DEI role from there. And so that was through like volunteer, like you say, you were chair of of the DEI committee. That was kind of my role Mm -hmm. as well. And just like deepened my understanding of I hold a lot of privilege. So I hold a lot, a lot of privilege. And so understanding where I don't and do hold privilege, but also really understanding what it feels like to actively not have space and not feel seen by the people around you or not be acknowledged in any way. Um, it really motivated me to see how can we make sure that no one else has to feel like this. And that very quickly became, it's not just a, an individual personal thing. It's also a systemic thing. So the more you learn, the more you see like, Oh, this isn't just like a thing that a couple people can just do all the time. It's something that we also have to change systems to make happen most of the time. And so our individual intentions can only take us so far. And so that's how I kind of got started. And and where I am now is really continuously deepening my own understanding and learning around, like, how do we continuously change systems? So both the individual that participates in it, but the system that changes the individual's behavior, both of those have to work together and everything that happens kind of in between there. Um, and so I'm a constant learner. I'm always learning like from our, the folks that we get to kind of talk with in the wine industry, I'm learning a lot from them about not just their understanding, but how it shows up for them from Maya and how it shows up for her. Um, and what we can kind of continuously kind of 
piece off and make sure that it's showing up in all of these different ways, no matter what our industry is. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, I feel like the wine industry or just wine in general is a perfect analogy for like kind of what the system is, right? And it's like if one piece of the process is broken, then the whole thing is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, kind of like the bad apple type of thing, right? But um, yeah, it's about identifying those issues and, you know, and everything's like living, right? So it's you constantly changing. It's kind of, uh, it's a cycle it that you cycle. have to keep reviewing always. Yeah, definitely. But the, at the end of the day, like, wine is about community right like we Mm -hmm. are all drinking a bottle of wine together because that's what we do yep you know and so that that should be the grounding factor in everything that happens yeah yeah no it's about community exactly uh we're gonna take a break in a second but my um what are we drinking right now we are drinking a little uh 2020 zugaby vineyards merlot uh 2020 terrible year fantastic wine (laughs) <laughs> Zugabee. I'm telling you, it's the stress. <laughs> it is the stress. <laughs> the crippling, the crippling existential stress. That Somehow just the, makes the grapes. Grapes. something just great. Did yeah. they yeah. feel it? They felt mm-hmm. it? They the vines knew. They mm-hmm. did, right? Well, that's how a diamond's made, right? Yeah. yeah. Pressure. Lots of pressure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where, where is Zugabee Vineyards? Um, where is Zugabee uh, Winery located? Not to say that every grape is. Sure, sure. They're on Seneca Lake. Um, they are uh, family-owned, um, yeah, about four generations in, all working on this. They have another wine called Four Fred's Red, which is for every Fred in the family. And just oh, that's sometimes great. these Finger Lakes wineries are so sweet. <laughs> right, right said Fred. Uh, right said Fred. <laughs> that's that, too sexy for yeah, the same Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. With that, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Sydney and Maya. Hello, listeners. This is Richard B. Cologne reminding you all to check out the Behind the Glass Gallery podcast hosted by myself and Kwaje Donnell. Every month, we interview the latest First Friday featured gallery artists and dive deep into their passion, drive, and motivation beyond what they display on our gallery walls each month in downtown Rochester, New York. So please, if you haven't yet, subscribe and give us a listen. Also, don't forget to check out our monthly artist receptions every first Friday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. 240 East Main Street at the Mercantile on Main. Hoping to see you all behind the glass. Hey, this is Wade Reed with the Level Up Podcast. How do you take your coffee? What's your favorite espresso drink? Do you prefer washed process or natural process coffees? If any of these questions interest you, tune into the Level Up Podcast presented by Nominate Meals on the Lunchador Podcast Network. We're looking at every link in this coffee supply chain from growing and processing to cafe life and home coffee brewing to find the topics that will enrich and maybe even stretch your experience of coffee. So have a listen, check us out on Instagram and Substack, and as always, enjoy your coffee. Uh, All right, we are back with Sydney and Maya. We're drinking some wine. Hell We're yeah. feeling fine. I didn't yeah. want it. It was in my head and I wanted it. Boo. It was a very questioning <laughs> I know. feeling fine. <laughs> no, it was more about the joke than the wine. The wine yeah. was good. I was just yeah. like, don't I seem hate to be this feeling joke. fine at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually. No, we are. We're having a great time. We're talking wine. Uh, we're talking New York State, specifically Finger Lakes wine, because you're out in Canandaigua, right, Maya? Yeah, um, so I live actually in Rochester, and I work out in Canandaigua at New York Kitchen, which we call ourselves right in the heart of the Finger Lakes. Really easy for people from Rochester to come up and visit us. Yeah. New quick York drive. Kitchen is Super a, quick drive. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, what's it, like a half hour? Yeah, Less. it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. literally 35 minutes door-to-door, not that I'm counting, on my morning commute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, not in the winter sometimes, though, right? Yeah, yeah a little it's, bit. Yeah. It's a little tough. <laughs> uh, New York Kitchen's a really cool place. Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome place. I, obviously, I'm biased because I go there every day, but I feel lucky to be able to do that. Um, yeah. We do cooking classes, beverage classes. That's my domain. Right. <laughs> we have a restaurant, um, tasting room, all New York State, um, beer, wine, spirit, cider. Great Even patio. non-alcoholic, yeah. Ooh, patio. nice patio. Nice yeah, what, spring what, is what, coming. Yeah, what are the kind of classes that you're doing beverage-wise, and what's the kind of things people can go there for that aren't already deep into it? Because there's so much to learn. There's so much. It's too much to learn. I feel like this is a tricky question because I might talk too much, so you have to give me a sign. Um, I mean, we got 30 minutes, so you, <laughs> keep it going. Just keep it going. <laughs> um, well, like I mentioned before, I taught um, earlier, I taught a uh, black wine, exploring black wine class on Saturday afternoon, mm. um, which will be a series. Um, yesterday was the first one, and it was just so fun. We had 20 people in the room and watching people's reactions to these black wines that they'd never even seen a label of before was great. Um, I also brought a bottle with me that is a uh, was the first black-owned winery in Hammondsport, New York, uh, which nobody knows about because nobody says his name. So we'd have to talk about that as well. Oh, I did not know that either. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. Can you can you tell that story briefly, or yeah. at least a version of that? His name is uh, Raymond Fetterman, and he moved to New York from Virginia. He's a potato farmer, um, and he was such a voracious potato farmer that Walter Taylor of Bully Hill said to him one day, why don't you think about growing grapes, and then invested in him to grow said grapes. Um, he bought the potato farm that he was working in, uh, 600 acres worth in New York. So talk about baller move with Walter Taylor's investment and then went to plant grapes. Um, when he went to get some uh, additional funding to keep the business alive, um, he uh, suffered from redlining. So what? Yep. In the wine industry. Mm-hmm. In upstate New York. There's like a red wine pun there, but it's too infuriating. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to. I know. I know. Um, the first day that Sid and I did our very first DEI over wine class, some random person donated a bottle of this Fetterman wine to us at New York Kitchen, which I thought was a sign. I have it on um, a bookshelf at home. Oh, wow. It's still unknown person. Still yeah. unknown person. I would love if this person is listening, please tell me who you are. <laughs> I would love to say thank you. Um, so I think his daughter still lives in the region. I know that at Bully Hill, they've got a number of bottles on display in their museum. So at least they are paying some homage to him. Um, but yeah, there was a black winemaker here before. Mm. Seems like the kind of story that would be fascinating to dive into more for sure. I'm hoping to write it this year if I can find somebody to publish it. Mm. All right. That's a call out. I feel Definitely. Like. Yeah. <laughs> let, yeah. let, let's say this. We'll, we'll find a place for it. That's for I sure. Like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm happy to help with that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, Random House. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I mean, right off the top of my head, what's Scholastic? I don't know what else. <laughs> hey, let, let, let the kids learn about wine, yeah, too. How many publishers do I know? Yeah, The book fair, right? Yeah. Uh, get a ruler and a book about black wine. I would go back uh, to the book fair in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Yeah, read a few books, get a free Pizza Hut pizza. I mean, uh, who's, we're talking about book play? it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you got to book it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I, I read so many books so I can get a personal pan pizza. Spread <laughs> the same book over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I read about 800 Goosebumps books. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're just reading Hello Moon over and over again oh, and no. get your tickets. I'm reading R.L. Stein, baby. Uh, <laughs> 
That was my and animorphs. Those are really Ooh. those are my those are my people. <laughs> <laughs> like those if, animorphs books yeah. were so messed up. When I go on uh, Chris, when I go on WTF with Mark Marin, I was like, he's like, who are your people? And I'm like, R.L. Stein. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, he really influenced me. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh uh, man, yeah. So I I saw uh, you teach a class. Uh, is it wine for normals? Yeah. <laughs> what What is that? I, I'm not, me personally, I'm not a big wine drinker. I don't know really anything about it. I want you guys to talk about wine. But what is, is that class for me? Yes. Yes. That class is for you. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's inspired by the book and podcast, Wine for Normal People. Um, but Wine for Normals, just tighten it up a mm, little bit. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I did a little, I did a short version of it for students at RIT, and they told me to rename it Wine for Normies. Mm. So that made me feel old. But, <laughs> but I liked it. <laughs> Shout out to Lorraine Hems at yeah, RIT. Awesome. One, of, one of the great people in wine in our area. Uh, you know, does a great job educating, uh, but also is, you know, bringing the RIT students up on kind of hospitality, but all around it too. I've had the pleasure of, talking to them a couple times and what, what a delight getting to talk to kids about, you know, you can drink because it's delicious and not just because you want to get, you know, hammered on a Friday night or Wednesday night. Cause you're a college student. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did this really cool program called after RIT, which was all about educating students for like the unwritten curriculum of life, i.e. how to figure out what kind of wine you like and how to buy it when you go out somewhere and not feel really awkward, mm-hmm. which is what wine for normals is yeah. also all about. It's just tr- sort of breaking down how to talk and taste wine in a way that's not scary, but like would help you feel super confident walking into Pinnacle and buying a bottle one day. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, I want to shout out Alice Keller. But uh, <laughs> yes, shout course. out to Alice Keller. I love them, Brandon <laughs> mm-hmm. over there. Um, that's that's one of the good things about there, and I'm sure Pinnacle's the same, but um, he is an expert uh, about wine and everything that he carries there that he makes you feel comfortable mm-hmm. about it. So you go mm-hmm. in there, and I'm overwhelmed immediately. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. place. But I'm just like, I don't know anything. But he's like, what are you looking for? I'll give you a price range. What are you pairing it with? And uh, that's that's always yeah. a great experience. It shouldn't be rare, but it is. I feel like wine shopping makes people very anxious. So it's nice that there are options in the city that make you feel more comfortable shopping. Yeah, and I'll, I'll throw out some other places because ahead, I know yeah. it's probably not in your, in your current ability to shout out specific places, but I'll throw out a few. Uh, Pinnacle is great. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. Yeager over there is a great advocate for wine and making it approachable. Uh, Baytown and Webster. Uh, Drew, yeah. Drew Chappett is uh, a true nerd of the highest order uh, and a really, really nice guy who cares deeply about wine. Um, so Drew asked me, sorry to interrupt oh, you, but Drew asked me to um, help them with a black wine uh, selection, which was awesome. And that was in 2020 and they still have it in 2024. So oh, that's awesome. They're doing great work at Baytown too. Well, and I know right up front, there's the Andre Houston Mac line, mm-hmm. uh, which is tremendous value of, uh, with Oregon wines, uh, does a great job and also an amazing uh, wine personality. Mm-hmm. I think you'd describe him as a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Baytown and then, of course, Parkway up in Greece uh, with, uh, with uh, Matt and uh, George Catallo over there. Uh, Matt Strassman, they do a great job as well. Reasonable prices, great selection, and they will help you be successful. And going to places that care about what they do is the first step towards finding what you're really going to like. Um, like you go to Parkway on a Friday and taste. They'll have like 12 things open. 
you can just go at five o'clock and taste and he'll talk through at your level. What do you like about this? What don't you like about this? And it's one of those great things that they offer for free. Now, of mm-hmm. course, they want you to buy stuff, but it's great that you get a chance to taste stuff. And tasting is, I think, the way to really get engaged with this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, Drew Nye likes to do tequila tastings. I know that. Yes. Yes. We learned that. <laughs> we learned that the hard way. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's right. I mean, I still go back anytime. <laughs> well, you can't go to Blossom Road anymore. No, yeah, sadly. R.I.P. Well, Chris, but. you did the side by side by side by side by side tasting of tequilas, if I oh, remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the episodes where it just like uh, I'm surprised we didn't get canceled from that one mm. because, <laughs> because we got loose. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was bad. It sounded mm-hmm. like there were a lot of side by sides. Yeah, I don't generally drink like that. Uh, no, but no. you know when you're around Drew and he's very it's peer pressure. So mm-hmm. <laughs> encouragement. Yeah, I mean I still I still go no, into pressure. the classic and I won't get out of there without having a tequila. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Drew. <laughs> Lots yes. of shout outs. Uh, uh, as in refined taste fashion. Uh, Maya, you uh, we're talking New York wines. What? makes the Finger Lakes such a great place for wine. Mm. So the Finger Lakes were carved um, from glaciers during the Ice Ages. Um, and when the glaciers receded back, what was left were these 11 Finger Lakes that makes up our region. It stretches all the way down to Casa Larga and Rochester and all the way across all 11 lakes. Um, with these lakes, also Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, they provide moderating weather effects for the region. So even though we are freezing up here in Rochester, as we've just finished experiencing some very cold weather, the mm-hmm. lakes allow us to maintain and grow grapes. Um, we, I think the winemakers that are working up here are just like beyond. I, I just, I'm so impressed by them and amazed by them. The ability that they have to figure out what's going to work in a terrible vintage and, you know, just to hold on in a really good one is so impressive to me. And I think combined with how unique our landscape is, thanks to those lakes, as well as like the thought process and just quite honestly faith that people have in doing what they do up here is pretty incredible. Yeah. Was there a glass of wine that kind of <laughs> changed your perspective or like, you know, kind of bought you in on like, I got to this is this is what I've, I was here to do. Yeah, I feel like my entry into wine has always been more people-driven. Yeah. Um, and I was tasting at a place called Serenity Vineyards RIP. They are no longer. They're on Seneca Lake near um, Anthony Road and Kemeter, Fox Run over that way. Um, and yeah, Andy and I walked in like five minutes before close, like those nice people. <laughs> and we just asked um, if we could maybe have a taste of something. And the winemaker who was working was just very nice. And he tasted us through his entire portfolio, and one was a 2015 Riesling that had a little bit of botrytis in it, um, which is a noble rot of the grapes. That's a good thing. It gives these really incredible, like, opulent fruit flavors, and it adds to the body. And the way that he was talking about how this wine was made, he said it was literally a wine made by nature. He was going to go and induce fermentation, and it just started. And then he stood back and watched it happen, and what came out was this beautiful wine, and I was just amazed by that. And I had been working in marketing and events at the time, so I was like writing my schedules down to the second. So the idea that somebody could just sit back and wait, yeah, like blew my mind. 
Yeah, there's something romantic about that whole process, right? There really is, except yeah. one day I helped sort grapes, and it was not romantic no. <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> you lost the romance. There huh? are a lot of uh, bugs. Sour, sour grapes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what about you, Sid? What, was there a Finger Lakes wine moment for you? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, probably... Honestly, probably not. I I am of the mind that Maya is in the sense of like any wine that I've enjoyed, like is the people that I'm with. And I've had some really, really good Finger Lakes wines. Um, Vice is one that comes to mind, like really like there was one that we went on like a little baby wine tour, mm-hmm. um, the two of us and our friend Brianna and it was like a bubbly-ish and it was just like effervescent. It was Perla. Yes. Yep. And it was beautiful. And like, I am a celebratory person. And so like, give me any kind of a bubble situation and I'm really happy. And it just means like happiness and celebration and joy. And like, that's what I get from that kind of wine. And that was such a great day. And I think I brought home like six bottles of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, I'm going to have this every time, either when I'm really happy or when I want to be really happy, like this is my go-to. And that kind of has continued. Um, there's a Blanc to Blanc from um, Living Roots that That's I also so really, really love. And so I think that one got me started on this really dynamic, special experience that is Finger Lakes Wine. And then I've had an opportunity to try a bunch of different ones, like through Maya's education. I have a tendency to like fangirl out a little bit and go to a lot of her classes. <laughs> and I learn a lot and something different, honestly, every time, which is really exciting. Um, but I'd say that probably the Perla, Perla is what what really helped me understand what this region offers. Yeah. yeah. And, it, like, let's not say, like, the Finger Lakes are beautiful. I know you had mentioned before that you you met your, your current husband, you know, through the Finger Lakes, fall in the Finger Lakes. It's just, I don't know if there's any comparison to, like, how beautiful everything is, you know. The, the fall mm-hmm. in upstate and western New York, if you want to say, uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever, I don't know, like, I want to get out of here, but I just love <laughs> autumn so much. I try. It, it's hard much, to but. pull yourself away from it because, mm-hmm. you know, you see, they keep talking about, like, in, you know, New England, the leafers coming up and, you know, taking it over. But, like, I still feel like it's kind of pristine here where we don't get all the tourists coming in, but, you know, it's really gorgeous. Like, it's extremely vibrant. You know, it's just very nice to see. And it's all thanks to all the lakes that are around here. Like, it's just super fertile. And, you know, I'll ride my bike down, say, I don't know, any street. Like, any of the streets that have medians with trees on them. And it just looks like some sort of, like, beginning of a romance movie or Mm -hmm. something. (laughs) Both in the spring and the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I spent a lot of time on Seneca Lake, uh, especially during COVID. And um, Mm -hmm. I think the Finger Lakes were kind of a refuge for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially from Rochester. It's just like kind of you wanted to get away from people. And so like there's wide open spaces (laughs) out there. And so my wife and I, we went out to Seneca Lake. We got a little cabin over there and we went down to Watkins Glen and went out to a couple of restaurants. I mean, just 
unparalleled. I feel like the the level, you know, you're talking wine, I'm talking food, mm-hmm. all types of stuff yeah. uh, that you can experience there is really great. This is an ad for the Finger Lakes now. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to, to the Finger Lakes. Yes. <laughs> Brought to you This is by Refined Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> Visit FLX. Refined Lakes. <laughs> Special episode. Yeah. <laughs> is that the name of the episode? No. Yes. <laughs> A very special episode <laughs> with refined taste. Uh, no, but I, uh, I mean, I, I do comedy, right? And I'm, I, uh, I do so many uh, these wineries, these breweries. It, it, there's so many venues to do comedy, which is great. And then you, you know, have a little glass on the side mm-hmm. before my set or during and, uh, and after. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I got a Dodge deer on the way home. So <laughs> yeah. Keep your head on yeah. a swivel here. True, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me yeah. recently that when they're driving home from their winery, they just drive down the middle of the road because of the deer. That mm-hmm. Oh, I was, it never crossed How my mind. To no. the, the oh, absolutely. <laughs> I just like so not a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess sometimes you could do that. I mean, I do, I do that going to Ithaca. Yeah, oh, no. I do not play with those deer. No, they don't mm-hmm. stop for anything. They, they don't. don't. They do not stop. They for don't. Anything. And they hate cars or don't like their lives. I don't know what's going on with them, but they oh. love jumping out. I yeah. mean, they should hate cars for sure. They should yeah, hate cars. Yeah. They should be more afraid. They're not. They're no. not. No, they, they don't fearless. care. Yeah, yeah. truly. <laughs> don't let them have horns. They get real cocky. <laughs> You just be out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish everybody could see everybody doing their horn dance because literally every one of us did it. <laughs> yeah. Finger Lakes. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about, um, you know, it, it's always a little it's it's within reach of the city right it's not too far away just like you mm-hmm. said Candaig was 35 minutes away there's so much to do there um everything's so accessible um it, it's great um well, it feels unusual like having grown up in massachusetts i would get away to cape cod which is just as stunning and beautiful but there's no mm-hmm. wine country to go to to be able to run up here you know, within an hour in most cases and have there be just like rolling hills of grapevines as you're driving to wherever you're going next, it feels unreal sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Have it's you, beautiful. has your, you know, wine, has it taken you to other places, Maya? Yeah. Um, well, every time, every time my husband and I go on a trip, we try to run out to the nearest wine country that's wherever we are. So we've, we've gone to Arizona wine countries. Um, got engaged in napa just trying to see as much as we can yeah um and thankfully wine is helping me travel a little bit too so that's great yeah no my wife and i are the same except with beer uh we we try to find you know we we plan our trips around that sometimes we go down the hudson valley uh we we've gone to like boston treehouse and those type of places Mm -hmm. but we plan them around that you know going down to richmond which is an awesome brewery city uh shout out to the Vale. it's one of my favorites but we do have other half here and i love other half so much and yeah. knows this but uh that's that's my i mean it's good spot. beer yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just in yeah. savannah and one of the breweries there i think it was uh two two roads or uh, oh yeah uh they were uh they were, had a collaboration with other half on their oh, tap wow. when i was there what? and you cool. do you do a whole tasting and you're like wow, that really tastes like other half. Uh, <laughs> and when you taste stuff side by side, you're like, oh yeah, that really tastes of 
what they are yeah. because mm-hmm. they know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that the Finger Lakes has really come together on as well is like, there are lots of different styles and sometimes it's hard to pick out that it's Finger Lakes, but there are many ways where you can still pick out that this is Finger Lakes wine and it really is definitively that. Absolutely. Yeah. With the wine, especially the aromatics that come through from some of these white, even the reds, but these white wines are just so specifically Finger Lakes more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, you can smell the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's wine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people are laughing. They're driving and they're laughing. Uh, <laughs> my, you have some classes coming up. Um, wh- what classes do you have coming up at New York Kitchen? What classes are left? <laughs> We, um, so I'm not teaching this, but I'm excited about it. We have a um, women and wine in the Finger Lakes class coming up, um, and we're highlighting five women in the wine industry um, who are doing great work, and then they're each selecting a wine that is a favorite of theirs to share during the class. Nice. Um, so that's coming up, I think, March 10th for okay. Women's History Month. Yeah, okay. we're going we're gonna to drop this soon. So yeah, yeah we'll get those dates out there. Um, what other ones? We are uh, we're debuting a uh, a New York wine expert course, which I'm excited about. Um, so that's we realize that a lot of the people around here might want to learn more about New York specifically and what makes our wines different. And hopefully mm-hmm. that will appeal to a lot of wineries. Um, and then Sid and I are going to have a DEI over wine cohort too, starting in May, mm-hmm. May. which is May, on June, our website July. too. So this is a new group. That's mm-hmm. entering? Okay. Yeah, and actually to your question earlier, I hope that we have not just wineries, but other groups, even people coming up from Rochester. I think the more different businesses and people that we have in the classroom, the better for everybody to kind of learn from each other. Yeah. Sid, what, uh, you've, have you taken some classes at New York Kitchen? Yes. I took um, Wine with Mixed Company last year, which was a class with Maya and her husband, Josh. <laughs> just kidding, Andy. And nice. it was, <laughs> I'm just going to bring it back. I'm a comedian too. No, I'm, I'm, this is good. <laughs> this is good. Callback. We love a callback. <laughs> yes, and. I know stuff. Um, and that was, that was really special. So I went with my partner and um, I kind of said like, I think we should do this. And it was our anniversary. And, and he was like, oh, okay. And we got there and he really loved the way that Maya and Andy kind of like play off of each other. So if you have a chance to go to a class with the two of them together, it really is a special experience um, because they both have so much knowledge and they give each other space to share that knowledge in a way that I don't know if you always get that with, um, life partners who are like working side by side. And mm-hmm. so to see that was really cool. And then just to have a better understanding of like, I'm a wine novice and, and Maya always gives me grace around like, what does it feel like? Like, what do you want to do when you're drinking this wine, which is great. And then Andy also on top of that gave, gave us the um, understanding of like the geography of the area. And so Maya has these great like food pairings that she shares around all the wines that we tasted. Andy gave like the understanding of like the area itself and so it gives you this really cool 360 experience and so I love that one and I know you guys did that a couple weeks ago again and I didn't get to this one but that one was really wonderful and then I did go to the exploring black wines class uh, a couple days ago on Saturday Mm -hmm. and that was again just a really cool experience and I have to give Maya huge kudos here 
it's really easy to like lose track of a class, right? Like people start chatting, you're drinking, you're eating, like it's really easy for things to kind of go off the rails. And it takes a really skilled facilitator to allow space for that, but also bring people back to like why you're there and how to bring that conversation back to the front and engage more people in it. And you do just such a beautiful job of that. And I think there was a real community in that room on Saturday who were sharing personal experiences, who were vibing with the wine and sharing, like, I had no idea about all of these different like types of wine or these people that really brought this to the forefront um, and made something really special with it. And so that was a really cool class. And we had great jambalaya in that class, Ooh, which was okay. really cool. Um, and so Maya had a special request. It was jambalaya. It, it, was, it was jambalaya. <laughs> I, I would say they did their best. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but wow. the flavors were great. You know, it was, it just wasn't jambalaya that I grew up with. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But okay. I appreciate that they made it and it made for a really great, um, I appreciate that they tried and it made for a really great thing to try with all these wines because every wine was different with the food. Yeah. Shout out to the French Quarter. If you're looking for jambalaya in Rochester, <laughs> go to the French Quarter. That is a great place. Yes. 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 But that was a great class and, and just having a better understanding. But then the conversation that happens after and the engagement that happens afterward, the community building, everybody's like, let's, you know, go here next and get together there next. And so it really was not like a, quote, regular classroom experience. And I think that's a real testament to the way that Maya facilitates and all the knowledge that is brought. And again, the food pairings that she offers, if you have a chance to go to any of her classes, are just like like next to none. It was really, really awesome Thank to you see, so you know, what do we pair with all of these? And I'm like a cheese board for everything. Every, <laughs> right, right. That's what I would go for. Always yeah. need a cheese board. Yes. Dario says a cheeseburger mm. with everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Take a bite and uh, a glass of wine for sure. <laughs> was that the cover of City, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah. Great cover. Uh, <laughs> Um, that's awesome. Yeah, no, these classes are a lot of fun. I, my wife and I, years and years ago, um, we took a cooking class at New York Kitchen. Um, and, uh, I don't know what what we were doing. I don't remember, but we had a really good time. I feel like all these classes, especially if you do one with a partner, um, it's great. You know, it kind of brings you together and, uh, you learn something together and you take that experience. It's really cool. They're really fun. Andy and I brought my parents and his parents to a class. So the six of us were all cooking together, which was nice. really, my mother was like, I'm never cooking with your father again. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she learned that. See? It, was yeah. really funny. <laughs> it took that experience yeah. to know for sure. It's like, that was the last job. <laughs> now that's yes. education. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all information. We all need it. Uh, Sydney, Maya, it was a joy having you guys on. Um, where, if people want to reach out to you to like ask more, whether it's about DEI or wine, Sydney, where was, Sid, I'm sorry. Uh, we're still on the we're, fence. We're about going it. back <laughs> to Sydney. We're just going so to keep formal. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Sid, where can people uh, contact you? Say on social media. Yeah, the best place is probably on Instagram at MindBodySid, and I'm private. But if you message me, I'm happy to answer any questions about anything DEI related. I really love talking about it and learning more about it from other people too. 
You check your inbox. Okay. I do right, on a regular right. basis. Nice. <laughs> you've been a you've been a fan of us for a while. A long That's time. Cool. I yeah. know. When you guys since the beginning. When it came yeah. out, I was like, "This is so rad" because I knew Chris <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. getting to know Dario, and it was just awesome to see something like different and honest. And I appreciated your social media presence so much. So yeah, I've been long time. What is it? Long time fan. First time. Yeah. Caller. First time guest. <laughs> long time <laughs> first time. What a doodle. No, it's great. It's it's awesome having you on, though, and then we likewise. I mean, we're fans of your work as well. Mm-hmm. Thank Definitely. you. Uh, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> You're back to Sydney. Uh, <laughs> In the corner. Go to the corner. Maya, where where can people reach out to you? Um, I'm on Instagram at this is Maya, and Maya is M A I A H. Yes. What will we post in that? Um, We'll we'll tag your social medias. You have a great website, too. Thank you. uh, With uh, a lot, you know, your writings and uh, past things that you've worked on in the wine industry. So definitely check that out. We'll share that as well. Uh, Once again, thank you for joining us. Oh, hold on. Oh, Oh. what? Chris, I almost, (laughs) I almost did. Jeez. Yeah. Stromy almost hit the button on us. But uh, (laughs) that was my fault. That's okay. I'm sorry, Chris. Do it's, you have terrible ideas I, for Sid and Maya? I only have one <laughs> terrible idea, and it's really bad. Um, so you have these cohorts. I think the next cohort cohort that you do, uh, you call it Black Wine Doer DEI. Mm. And like every week, <laughs> this is an elimination cohort. So every week... You know, you teach them stuff, and then they need to know obscure black history facts. Oh, my God. Like, just a quiz of 10 of them. That's not bad. And then if they don't get it, then they're out of the course. So you just get eliminated every time. And then, like, by the end, you know, the, I don't know, after the 10th week, hit that one last person (laughs) in the course, I guess they can call themselves an ally or something. We'll give them a little badge. (laughs) I was like, look. An ally or a survivor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Well. So I, I love the challenge on MTV, and this is giving me, like, real challenge energy. And mm-hmm. while we don't shame anybody in our classes ever, we oh, have come honest on. and <laughs> accountable conversations. There could be, like, you know, another universe where that's that's a really yeah. exciting opportunity. Okay, so maybe just give them a little gold star. People still like gold stars. Right. Yes, like acknowledgement, for sure. I don't know about gold stars. I love the name. <laughs> the name is perfect. Yeah. Sign up, signups are going to go through the roof. You yes. know what people oh, yeah. love is learning about this stuff and being pulled up to the front of the class and yes. shamed. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's going to work perfect. Yeah. yeah. We get that a lot. I can't wait. Yeah. Chris, I was thinking like maybe pairing wine with like classic hip hop albums or something like that. I mean, that's that's cool that. too, but <laughs> I really want to I really okay. want to shame some people. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't dress up any children. Pair a oh, pair like a gangstar with a Gruyere. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, mm. yeah. I see it. I can see it. Honestly, yeah, I did. I was like listening to like old school hip hop while doing the presentation we were talking about. And uh, yeah, having wine with it really helped. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Testament. Uh, Wine makes everything better. Yeah. Uh, Once again. You and IT wine. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my 
my god. Oh wow. Well. All right. That's that that'll be for another episode. Chris. Uh, <laughs> is that the title of the podcast? That can be that can be your class on black women wine. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. You yes. and IT wine. <laughs> Uh, anything else, Chris? That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. I don't want to cut you off. Uh, man. Um, well, once again, it's been a pleasure having you both on. Um, I, I'm going to try to attend one of these classes. Yeah. Um, we're having a baby, but um, <laughs> maybe I'm at not. some point. And, yeah, Chris, get out there. I'm going to live vicariously I'm through doing Chris. It. Yes. Get out there. Yeah, bring your, your lady. And yes. uh, she's already out there. See? <laughs> yes, yeah. she's halfway out there already. <laughs> she doesn't even have to leave work. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Um, thank you once again for joining us. Thank, thank you. you, guys. This has been a presentation of the Lunchador Podcast Network. Sweet berry wine!